What's up, Duke fans? Welcome to another great episode of Duke Blue Central. Why is it great? It's great because Duke just played their most complete game of the year against the Pitt Panthers, stomping them 75-53. to Was never close, was never in question. Uh, this Duke team operated like a machine tonight and played like a national championship contender. Uh, it, was, uh, it was on from the word go against Pitt. Uh, Duke was not there to have any funny business, was not there to let Pitt hang around and make shots uh, from from the jump. Uh, this was Duke's best game of the year. I'm just going to launch into it today. I'm recording this right after the game um, here on Tuesday night. Uh, happy to uh, be coming at you right after the game. But let's go in with the good. And obviously, you know, when we break down every good, we're breaking down basically the player of the game, who played the best. And, uh, yeah, you can't start anywhere but Kyle Filipowski in this game. Just uh, one of his best games in a Duke jersey ever. An insane stat line. 11 for 12 on his total field goals. He missed one shot the entire game. 4 for 4 from 3. 10 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 block. And uh, finished with 26 points on the night without shooting a free throw. <laughs> these were all earned, made shots. None of these were, uh, hey, let's just hack them and send them to the line. He didn't even shoot a free throw tonight and still was able to get 26. Uh, an insane performance from Flip. And he had a great defensive night, too. Um, he did finish with five turnovers, or turnovers on the night. Plenty of those occurred when the game was already over, which this game was pretty much over after... 10, 15 minutes, but um, just a crazy, crazy game from Kyle Filipowski. Uh, I, I hope that this is him kind of revving up to his true form. His last two games, he had scored less than 10 points in both of those games. Uh, Duke was obviously still able to win those games, but um, you know, to get where we want to go, which is Final Four National Championship, uh, you know, contend for the ACC title tournament and regular season, uh, we're, we need this Kyle Filipowski. Uh, this guy played with his hair on fire tonight; couldn't miss anything. Was getting to his spots, was demanding the ball, was being assertive. Everything everyone has said. Flip needs to do, he did tonight. He played like Duke's star. Uh, he played like a guy who's going to get drafted in the lottery of the NBA next year. And and this, is, this needs to be his mentality going forward. I think he could have had a game not as good but similar to this last game. He just missed some shots he would normally make. Uh, but tonight, all of those shots fell. Uh, and, and we also saw a little bit, I noticed too, especially in the beginning of the game, uh, Pitt was actually not doubling flip like we've seen pretty much every other team do this season. Uh, almost every game we play, Flip is getting doubles in the post from the tip. And, and Pitt actually... Uh, let that not happen, which I've seen some people actually <laughs> recommend when you're playing against Duke because they don't think uh, Flip has played as well this season. Uh, and let me tell you, leaving Flip on one guy uh, was not the move, was not the move, and it is not the move uh, because he ate steadily down there. Uh, it One-on-one -on -one with him in the post, uh, it felt like he was scoring every time, and if not scoring, he was kicking out to a three-pointer, which uh, tonight, chances were those were going in, which is something we'll talk about later in the episode, but just a crazy game from Flip. Uh, I, I mean, what else can you say? Almost perfect shooting performance. Hard to break down how, how good he played in this game. Uh, he finished... Finished with only one foul, which is something we've also talked about with Flip, is picking up bad fouls. Uh, yeah, finished with one foul tonight. Even with, with playing a lot of minutes, uh, 
everything was right for him. I don't know what else to say about Kyle Filipowski, uh, but if he keeps playing like this, he's going to be in the conversation for National Player of the Year and uh, should definitely be in the com- uh, conversation for ACC Player of the Year. So many of those awards get so like uh, political in nature where you know, you're looking for the best story, you might just pick the best player on the best team, uh, which who knows could be end up being Duke by the end of the year. So you never really know what voters are going to have in mind when they're voting for those. Um, but especially ACC Player of the Year, uh, Flip kind of coming into his own and uh, getting into form. You know, if he does that, I think he can lock up uh, that award, hopefully. R.J. Davis has slowed down a little bit in previous games. Uh who actually I actually predicted R.J. Davis to win Player of the Year I think uh, last week or so just with the way he had been playing uh, and the kind of lack of other scoring options on Carolina whereas Duke's got a lot more um, but if if Flip is putting up in numbers anywhere near this uh, uh, he's going to lock down that award so awesome night from Flip best player on the best team in the league I think uh, and and he showed it tonight. Uh, yeah, nothing else to say on him. I might come back to him later, but <laughs> for now, nothing else to say on him. Uh, I, I also just wrote down, only other scorer with 10-plus points was Jared McCain, which is kind of surprising. Duke only finished with 75 in the game. We scored 48 in the first half, then scored 27 in the second. But we were rolling out bench players. You know, Sean Stewart and TJ Power were getting minutes with uh, just under 10 minutes to go, I believe, and played the rest of the way. Uh, The game was in hand from 15 minutes in. Uh, This was a game that if Duke wanted to, it felt like they could have maybe scratched 100 or at least gotten close to it, certainly in the 90s. Um, But they put the brakes on a little, just slowed the game down, tried to get out of there healthy, which is good. You 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 don't feel like you have to just totally just destroy a team like you did in the first half when you're up 48 to 23 at halftime you can you can put on the coast cruise control a little uh, and I don't mind that much Um, but yeah but for a game in which Duke's offense was clicking as much as it did you would expect a a lot of guys to be in above double digits the only other one was McCain who had a good game two for five on his threes five for nine uh, overall also finished with five rebounds, uh, four defensive, one offensive rebound, two assists. Uh, McCain had a good night. He, he continues his uh, kind of a rise into this team. Uh, he's been the freshman I think that has impressed the most, as, as most people probably would have predicted. No shade at Caleb Foster, by the way. He had a good night tonight as well. But McCain's shooting prowess has has really uh, lit this team up, and just it's his his threat of making a shot on the perimeter is so great and is so valuable to this team. I don't think it can be understated. He's moving up into that. Uh, you know, if we if we didn't want a guy to go down. You know, is he number three on this team? I would say everybody would say Flip is number one. You don't want to, like, lose. If you're picking a player, you had to drop for one game. Like, obviously, you don't want to lose Flip first. After that, there's been some debate. I think at the beginning of the year, people would have told you Proctor. But I think as we've grown, it's probably Roach, uh, right now at least, that's playing the most consistent from our guards. And he's been the best guard on this team uh, this season. Uh, So I think... You'd say him, and then after that, man, do you do you say McCain? Do you not want to go without him uh, right now over Proctor? I don't know. No shade on you, those guys. Love the way both of them play. And Proctor's obviously working his way back from injury. Um, but, man, just the, the threat of having, like, I think – I don't know what McCain's three-point shooting numbers are on the year right now. He, he's shooting 45% uh, 
uh, total field goal percentage. But I, I think he's approaching like a 45% from three. It's something like, or I've got 43%. Yeah, 43.8% from three for Jared McCain on the season so far. When you've got a guy uh, that can shoot it that well, and it feels like when he's open, it's it's above 50%. Um, just that What that does for an offense can't be overstated. Um, and, and McCain's brought that, and he brought it tonight. Um, but other than that, let me just read you the point totals. Mark Mitchell finished with four. Caleb Foster finished with eight. Looked like he was going to get more. He hit two threes uh, pretty quickly in the first half. Once again, we've talked about it before on this on the show. Foster's really like a streaky guy. He can he he'll get hot and score six in a row, seven in a row, and then it's like you won't see him take a shot the rest of the game. Um, interesting development with him, but kind of similar story tonight. Uh, finished with eight uh, shot, three for six, so fifty percent. You'll take that. Two for three on his. Uh, three-point attempts so good game for foster with eight points mccain had 12 like we just said roach finished with nine went one for four from three so that's even like he he won't be happy with his three-point shot tonight still finished with nine points uh and then you move on ryan young had a, had a good game tonight finished perfect uh from the field three for three good for ryan young had some good defensive moments uh good moments out there on the court for ryan young five rebounds two blocks for him tonight uh then we had tyrese proctor only had three which uh, we'll, we'll talk about him a, a little bit later, too. Uh, and then TJ Power came in, hit a three. Great three, by the way. Step back uh, in garbage time. And Sean Stewart also grabbed himself four points while he was out there when the game was well in hand. Jalen Blakes was the only other guy that played for Duke, uh, finished with no points. Uh, almost had a really nice breakaway dunk when he got stuffed by the rim and fouled. And it uh, looked like he got a pretty nice cut on his hand. He had to go back in the locker room for, but he came into the game later, so um, we're not too worried about Blake's uh, being down for any amount of time. But it, good performance from him. He's in there to create chaos and uh, wreak havoc on the defensive end, and he does that pretty much every time he's in. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to point out that pretty balanced scoring, other than Flip just dominating uh, on the on the scoreboard, uh, which is a good thing I think for a team. It just shows that, uh, and one of the things I mentioned in the uh, the preseason episode of this uh, of the podcast was that uh, for Duke to lose games uh, I think a lot of guys we have to have a lot of guys combine for a really bad night and I think a great example of that is this game in a game in which you know Flip obviously does Kyle Filipowski things he's scoring 26 but everyone else you're pretty balanced so even if one of those guys has an off night tonight we're not winning the, we're not losing this game certainly and we're probably only not winning it by as many uh now in our losses so far we have had guys had combined bad nights and I think Flip was kind of still working his way up to playing speed I wonder how much of his uh injury has it, it it sounds like his injury hasn't really affected his season at all but you got to wonder just being out for almost the entire summer right into the end uh, he was only cleared for basketball activities pretty or, or pretty late uh right before the season started he was still with the team working out and everything uh, but he was only like practicing actually five on five and things like that pretty late into the offseason so you wonder if um 
if now he's really kind of getting back into his groove where he was at the end of last season, who knows? Maybe he just had a good night tonight and the injury's not a thing for him at all. Uh, but I hope for, for all of us that this is him kind of uh, revving up the engine and this is going to be the new standard for him. And if he plays like this every game, we'll never lose a game ever again. So, <laughs> so yeah, another another compliment for Flip there. Uh, but I also want to shout out the, the coaching and the preparation for this game. I thought... We so well dismantled Pitt's game plan, which is to shoot a lot of threes. Um, they're a decent three-point shooting team. I think they, well, I think they're maybe middle of the road percentage-wise in the ACC, but it, part of that is because they shoot so many. They they shoot a ton of threes. Uh, their game plan is to hit more threes than you every game, uh, and they try to do that every game, and I think Duke really defended well against that game plan, especially in the first half when the game actually mattered. Uh, they were running guys off the three-point line like nobody's business. And if you watch the game tonight, I think the only critique you would have had really early before Duke ran away with it was that, uh, in particular, Federico Federico was getting a lot of uh, offensive rebounds and uh, kind of giving Pitt more possessions than they deserved. But part of that was by design because so many so many of the Duke defenders uh, were on the perimeter running guys off the line. Uh, we knew we weren't going to have a huge advantage down low. It was basically going to be one-on-one for, that re- for the boards. But we're okay with you know, certain guys getting rebounds in certain positions rather than letting Pitt just shoot threes over us. Uh, over kind of lowered hands all game, so that was part of game. That was part of a scheme thing, and I wasn't worried about that at all. We ended up crushing Pitt on the boards, um, forty-two to twenty-six rebounding, which is just. I mean, I don't. I don't know that I would have bet us crushing a team like that on the boards all season, let alone like a decent ACC opponent. I mean, Pitt. Pitt's got ten wins on the year, ten and six. I think after tonight's game. And we just crushed them on the boards, even while – now, here's a good stat for you. I Would you have bet that Pitt actually shot the ball more times than Duke tonight? Duke was 29 for 56. Uh, Pitt was 19 for 58. Now, part of that was because Duke was hitting 51% of their shots, so we didn't get a lot of second chance, necessarily get a lot. Uh, we had 13 offensive rebounds, but like we didn't necessarily need a lot of second chance opportunities to get extra shots because the first shot was going in. Uh, but even while you know Pitt outshooting us, we just crushed them on the boards, um, which is an interesting thing when everybody preseason was worried about rebounding. Um, and I tried to tell you at the beginning of the year, it wasn't going to be a big a deal people thought um and and another great point too that actually Jim Bayheim, who was calling the game tonight I don't know I think this was the first game I've heard Bayheim call a Duke game I'm not sure I might be missing on that but uh this is the first one I remember but they actually asked him about uh kind of the big question for Duke going into the year one of them was that without a Mark Williams or a Derek Lively type presence in the post how is Duke going to be defensively and Bayheim finally said something that I feel like several people have been talking about forever with Duke is that you don't even you don't necessarily need that type of defensive player in the paint all the time because what ended up happening the last two years for Duke I think is because we had such an eraser in the paint with Mark Williams and Derek Lively that we knew we could get beat on the perimeter defensively and he was just going to clean it up for us. And we almost fed into that, I think, a little, where guys would uh, kind of cheat off their man a little bit more because they knew, okay, he's going to drive. Uh, I'll get a little contact on him, and then Derek 
Derek Lively will come up behind me, swat his shot, and we'll be on offense again. Uh, but when you don't have that, you're forced to defend perimeter. You're forced to defend the perimeter with more intensity, more ferocity. Uh, and, and Duke has done that so far this season really well. And we knew Duke's guards could defend pretty well, especially Proctor. Um, and the effort from the other guards, you know, Roach is a little undersized, and but the effort he has, the the defensive game from McCain and Foster has been better than I thought. Um, we're just not getting beat on the perimeter in the first place, so we don't need necessarily that guy in the paint swatting every shot that comes in. Now, obviously, those guys are special, and you'd love to have them. Uh, but another thing is, too, Flip is averaging two blocks a game this season and ranks nationally as one of the better interior paint defenders. For as much flack as people give him on defense, he's a great defender. Um, now, look, he's not going to be special Mark Williams just – swatting everything to the ceiling but i'll tell you another thing mark williams and Derek lively are never going to be kyle filipowski on offense making four threes a game and uh getting deep in the bag with the post moves so uh, flip's caught a lot of flack kind of preseason before we even played a game about his defense and he's showing up and i think we are we as a team are showing why you don't necessarily need this big guy that's uh, one of the best shot blocker in the nation in the paint all the time because we're so good defensively outside of that. Um, yeah, so that wraps up the good for this game, which is pretty much most of my <laughs> uh, analytical prowess here. There's not a lot of uh, not a lot of bad to talk about. Uh, yeah, I, I almost have basically nothing to say about the bad. I think some people would maybe say Tyrese Proctor didn't have like an excellent game. Uh, he only finished with three points, kind of his, you know, he's, he's streaking a little on games where he doesn't score a lot. The, the, he hit one three, which was a big three uh, when the game still mattered, when it was still kind of in the balance for like five minutes. Um, so good shot there. Uh, I think he finished, let's see, a one for six total. So he missed some shots. But he also finished with six rebounds and five assists and was great defensively. So I, I wouldn't even call that a bad game when the rest of your teammates are clicking and you're rebounding the ball as a guard that well and uh, dishing the ball that well. And some of his assists were just crazy. Go watch the highlights of that, by the way. Uh, I, definitely, I would not say at all Proctor had a bad game. I think the scoring is still coming. And I think part of that is that you know, he didn't start this game again, which I had actually said I hoped that he would start. Um, but with the way we played, it's hard to argue with any decision the coaching staff made today. But I think Shire is clearly trying to get Tyrese back integrated into the squad. But it's important for him that Duke plays the way we played without him rather than how we were playing at the beginning of the year. Duke has had their best wins. You know, the most important game of the year, I think, to this point is that win against Baylor. And that was the game without Proctor on the court. And I think the other guards and the rest of the team found a rhythm and a chemistry while he was out. No, to no, I wasn't saying Proctor was doing anything negative when he was on the floor, but it's just a chemistry thing. It's a feel thing. It's a how you pass the ball around the court. It's a. Uh, what guys like certain spots. I think Shire is clearly trying to keep the momentum of how we were playing without Tyrese Proctor while slowly integrating Proctor's game back into that style. So it's kind of a reverse of what you think at the beginning of the year. I would think, you know, we're integrating these freshmen into Proctor and Flip's system. 
now it's kind of been on the other foot where we're now integrating Proctor back into what is now becoming Duke's system this season. Um, so, But I have faith Tyrese is going to be better. I mean, like, if he hits a couple more shots tonight, we're talking about him having one of the better games of, uh, of his season. You know, he makes two more of those threes he hit. Uh, you know, he finishes with nine points, five rebounds, five rebounds, six assists. He just missed some shots. I have full faith in Tyrese, not worried about him at all. And still, he's just such a uh, – he does so many other things uh, on the court that you just can't have him sitting on the bench for that long. I guess some people could say Mark didn't have his greatest game. After setting back-to-back career highs, uh, he finished three, bound, three rebounds, uh, four points. But part of that is, look, just everyone else was just so on fire – uh, Mark did finish one for four. He missed some shots, but you're not going to cut the guy that much after the two games that he's had and just how everybody was shooting. The game just wasn't flowing for him to get a lot of opportunity. So and no, nobody had a bad game tonight. Uh, this was a great all-around performance for Duke. Uh, and, yeah, that kind of wraps up my coverage of that game. Just the most complete game of the year against a decent pit team. You know, they, they've dropped a couple games here lately, dropped one to Carolina, uh, but but this is not going to be a I, – I, I'm, I'm not predicting this team to be bottom-of-the-barrel ACC team. I actually think they'll finish above the middle of the ACC, uh, and we just dismantled them uh, at their place too. Uh, next up on the schedule is Saturday, big one. Georgia Tech revenge game against Georgia Tech. We need to smash Georgia Tech on Saturday because I think if if we show up and just swamp, you know, swamp them by 20, our loss to them on the road, I think it, it will look slightly worse because we redeemed it uh, just a couple weeks later uh, and we're able to just crush them at home. So uh, that's an important one for Duke, I think, for the resume standpoint is getting back at a team that beat you early in the year. Um, and hopefully, you know, by the end of the year when the committee's looking at Duke's resume of where to put them in the NCAA tournament, uh, they'll see that loss against Georgia Tech and then just think, oh, but a couple weeks later they just kicked their butt in Cameron and then uh, just took off from there. Uh, so, yeah, we got Georgia Tech. And then we see this pit team again after a little bit of a break. So it won't be long before we're breaking down another Duke pit game. Uh, and this time they have to come to our place and play. Hard to picture that game is going to go any better than this one. I would actually be uh, more prepared to, for Pitt to show up and just hit a bunch of threes at Cameron. That I, I'm calling it right now. That's what's going to happen. I think Duke will beat Pitt again. Uh, Pitt will show up in the first half and go like five for five from three to start the game, and, and they'll feel like they're in it. Um, but, yeah, so that's kind of all I have to say today. What a great day. Great day to be a Duke fan. Uh, Duke is now, I think this is our sixth or seventh, seventh game in a row, seventh win in a row. Uh, we're picking up strides here. Uh, we're we're – we're, we're playing like the team we were supposed to be preseason. And, you know, you look up and although we have three losses, it's like it felt like the sky was falling there, Arkansas and Georgia Tech. And, and now we've really righted the ship. I mean, it's just we're playing well. Notre Dame uh, last week was a close game that – uh, you know we didn't have great performance but other than that they've just they've played well they've played like duke uh we've got yeah games against georgia tech coming up and then pip then we play louisville and then we enter i think uh what the uh, starting on january 27th what the toughest three game stretch of the season looks like for duke uh which is play uh versus clemson at cameron 
on uh, January the 27th. And two days later, we go to Blacksburg to play Virginia Tech. I know Virginia Tech's not like an incredible team this season. Um, but if you're a Duke fan and you've been a fan for a while, you know how tough it is to play at Virginia Tech. That's a tough one. And then, uh, you know, to make matters even harder, just a few days later, uh, we go at Chapel Hill uh, to play right now a number seventh ranked Carolina team. And obviously that's going to be a big one. That Virginia Tech game has trap game written all over it, especially you know, coming after a Clemson game who, against a Clemson team that looks really good to start the year, and then right before uh, an intense rivalry game against Carolina. Uh, I'm very worried about that in-between game. I'd actually be less worried if Duke lost that game to Clemson because then I feel like they feel like they re- really need to rebound, but especially Duke picks up a big win against Clemson. Two days later, you got to go into that crowd. Man, that's that's a tough one. But anyway, that's all I have to say right now. Let's let's tackle Georgia Tech next, get that revenge game, and we'll break down those next upcoming games later. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much, for guys, for listening. If you want to help out the show, you can leave us a rating uh, on anywhere you listen to your podcast. You can follow me over at Twitter at Duke Blue Central. We'd love to interact with some of you there. Uh, and uh, thank you so much. Be back soon. Good Blue Devils. <laughs>